Hunt, harvest, health, charcoal coffee. <laughs> Honey crystals. Honey crystals and charcoal coffee. Yeah. Speaking of that, I want to read a review that we got on our iTunes just for fun because oh. it's entertaining to see. Most of our... It's a good one or a bad one? I don't know. It's not good or bad. It's kind of oh. like... Um, kind of makes me feel like I'm doing my job oh. actually but this person uh, I have a feeling prefers more hunting podcasts yeah. maybe you can start with this question so I'm not doing my job um, yeah mm. let, let me just see here let me look here <laughs> uh, look everybody ooh. that's asked me about the podcast lately I have, I have put out there that yeah. I am a little light on my side on the podcast. Yeah. So let me just read this. Um, this podcast, we only got three stars. And it says the topic that the title says Health, Health, Hunt. Recently, the focus changed <laughs> to a lot more naturopathic health topics. They are good, but the team doesn't put out nearly as many hunting related podcasts as the first season. And there's very little gardening discussion since their move to Montana. You, sir, or ma'am, are correct. I don't know. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I probably have dropped the ball a bit on the hunting side. But as far as gardening, we haven't had much to talk about. It's been blanketed in snow, and we're just kind of coming out of it. So uh, I'm getting ready to start talking about it because we are now in, like, the pre-stages of garden season here. Mm -hmm. You know, in Washington, we would have been talking about it a month ago, but here we're just way behind. We have such a short window for growing. You know, we're still getting frozen nights, so everything's kind of started indoors, and we got a lot of work to do. But we'll yeah, and I feel it. like I read that at first. I was like, I felt really bad, like I had offended somebody because I I kind of have a sensitive, I have a sensitivity to that, and then I was like, actually. That makes it look like I've been doing my job because, you know, <laughs> if most of you haven't already figured out by now who runs this podcast and who takes care of it when Ryan's out in the mountains and doing his stuff, it would be me. And what do I talk about? I'm, I'm not going to talk about hunting by myself. So I talk about health topics. And nope. if we're getting more health <clears throat> topics out there to people in this community, hey, awesome. We're doing our job. So yeah. I appreciate the, uh, the comment and it... Uh, Maybe it'll give you a little bit of a kick in the butt to uh, share mm -hmm. more about your hunting stuff. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so speaking of hunting. I need to stop going on other podcasts and probably just <clears throat> talk about it on our podcast. I do remind you that all the time. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm going to do this podcast. And I'm going to do this podcast. And I'm like, what about your podcast mm. that you have? Yeah. So, yeah, you're you're popular. Everybody wants you on their podcast, but I think I think focusing on your own podcast See, might be good for a while. See, I think if you were narrating or you were asking the questions and I could just answer them, mm -hmm. like that's how it is on other podcasts because it's it's really hard for me to just dive into hunting as a whole and just start talking for an hour. Mm -hmm. But when there's questions, which we have questions today. Mm -hmm. that are like specific towards hunting. I can easily answer those and it's uh, much easier to dive into a hunting podcast with that. So well, you're, 
you're going to have to narrate and ask me some hunting questions. That's fine. I will do that today. We got a slew of them. Yeah. Um, I think that's the way our whole podcast format is, though. I, I can't remember the last time I sat down by myself, talked into the microphone, and did a podcast on health topics. I'm, I'm interviewing people. I'm sitting yeah. down with other doctors because I'm the same way. I, I have a million topics I could talk about, but just to sit down and ramble on about a topic, I, I get more out of it. Because, yes, I am doing this podcast. I want to get something out of it. I get more out of it when I talk to somebody and we have a conversation. So I think that we just need to do more of that interaction. Yeah. And you sure. need to do your own podcast more. And that would, this guy would be in heaven. Because <laughs> I'm assuming that, this is a guy. It might even out the, <laughs> the label of our podcast, Hunt Harvest Health. For yeah. Sure. Well, for now, it's Health, Health, Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> I win. <laughs> Almost okay. health, health, health. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> speaking of that, I'm going to ask you a question about tell everyone about your new project coming up. And it is related to hunting, folks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of what I've been working on a little bit over here. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got this big project coming out in the, at the end of June. It's... Um, it's kind of split up uh, June 27th through the 30th. So I've got a, it's called the Western Hunting Summit. And I have, Cody Rich and I have been working on this. Um, I've got quite a few experts coming in to, uh, we got a, a nice venue down there with Gabe at Big Sky Archery. He's got a great place for um, kind of like the education portion of it as well as shooting a huge indoor downstairs range he's got an upstairs range he's got technohan he's got all kinds of cool stuff so what this um, summit is going to be it's just a handful of experts coming in and giving their wisdom to folks that want to hear it so um, just like i said a variety of people coming in that i feel like have a lot of value and anybody that wants to cut their learning curve for, you know, say first when they're first getting into it. The whole point of this is to cut the learning curve by two years and two days on the education part. And that's what we're doing. So, um, yeah, it's a four day deal, but the first two days are for folks that sign up for the, I guess you call it the little venture VIP part. And what that entails is two days of hiking. So, uh, Brian Barney, myself, Cody Rich, and uh, possibly a couple other guys that are involved in this are going to take a group of select folks. We're going to take them on a bomber hike. Um, not really disclosing the location yet. Going uh, to put some miles on. It's going to be a test. And uh, I've always wanted to do that as a part of this project. Um, you know, not something easy, but something really difficult. We're going to uh, find a good spot that night, camp out campfire tell stories ask questions sit around um you know just bs with with the three of us and and um i think it's going to be a lot of fun and so we can just you know kind of answer anybody's uh, questions and thoughts and ideas and kind of go over i think brian barney um being included in this is huge i just i love that guy he's great he's uh he's very passionate gets thrown around a lot but that guy is passionate about hunting and and fitness and 
everything that goes along with it. He just loves backcountry hunting and adventure hunts. So, um, you know, real excited to have him on board. And I think it's going to be, you know, a ton of value for people that, uh, that want to come there. Like I said, cut their learning curve. And, um, so we're going to do that on Thursday. Like I mentioned, campfire that night, come back Friday for those paying attention to, um, like social media, you've probably seen mountain tough fitness. Um, those guys here, local out of Bozeman, um, great group of people, um, tough, tough cookies, man. There's, there's a Navy SEAL in there, there's a Ranger, there's like, every, these guys are fit and they crush it on the workouts. Um, they've got a really, really good program. Um, you know, you can, you can go to their gym, physically go to the gym and work out with those guys or you can do it on their, on their app or sign up with their program and, and do it that way. But, um, so those guys are going to be involved. They're coming in, uh, for those first, that first group that signs up for the Thursday, Friday, they get to go in, have a, um, a gym visit with uh, mountain tough at the gym, get personal, you know, workouts and all their questions answered and they're going to crush it. So not only are they doing a big old hike, they're also coming to, uh, get their butt kicked in the gym with mountain tough. Uh, that night we're going to head out to Cody Rich's place, get some shooting in. we got some little competition thing that we're going to do out there. Um, and, uh, for some prizes and then, uh, got, um, uh, well, we're going to do a big old barbecue with some wild game and all that kind of thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Got some music coming in. My buddy Dave Brinker is coming in to um, hang out. He just happens to be here that week with his family. And uh, he offered to come out and hang with us and, um, you know, do some music for us. It'll be fun. And then we're going to have a little night shoot that night. We've got a bunch of targets coming in. Cody's got. Um, so we're going to have another little, you know, night shoot with lighted knocks and all that kind of thing. And just going to be a whole lot of fun just mingling with everybody and, um, you know, just... Uh, yeah, kind of BSing with the crowd, and then so that, that's the first. That's the first, the first two, days. two days, right? Yeah, it's the first two days. <laughs> okay, and then Saturday is when the education part starts. So that's where we uh, we're all going in. Starts early, eight a.m. Filing into Big Sky, where we're gonna have just a whole host of speakers coming in. It's gonna be some PowerPoint, some just talking. Um, I think. A lot of the value is going to come from just one-on-one -on -one interaction with these people. They're going to be hanging around the the shop all day long. So, you know, you get a get a hang with Brian uh, Barney and Mark Livesey is coming in to do a big old presentation on e-scouting. Um, guys really got it dialed in. He's really figured it out. Uh, got Randy Newberg coming in. He's gonna he's gonna be a part of the presenters and he's offered to do that for me, um, which is great. I mean. Like he's like the ultimate storyteller, Randy. So he'll get y'all fired up and laughing at something. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of people. I think uh, Mountain Tough, we're going to have another workout on Saturday. They're all going to give um, a little one-hour presentation on their thoughts, opinions, theories on fitness, um, kind of the lifestyle that goes into Mountain Tough Fitness. Got um, who else we got coming in? Um Jeez, well, I got, I'll be I'll there. Put you in there. We got <laughs> we got Doc Hillary talking about nutrition and well, inflammation. I think and, I'm going to be talking about inflammation, hormones, and just uh, longevity. Your, her goal is to teach people how to um, hunt longer into the you know 
with old age not comes just inflammation. Hunt longer, but live a longer, better life. <clears throat> yes. So you can hunt longer. Yeah. All that. It's uh, talking about how you can combat inflammation, and um, yeah, why why I feel so good these days. I think is um, I got on that train a while back, and fighting inflammation is huge. So you're going to kind of go into all that and help people maybe think about um, ways to combat it and you know, hunt harder, hunt stronger, hunt longer. And, um, and then I've got Paul Medell. So the elk nut, if anybody's ever listened to any podcast with Paul or seen a seminar with that guy, he is awesome. I mean, he's just so full of knowledge and, um, he, another, one of those passionate guys that could stand up there and probably talk for three hours. And, uh, he's just a great guy that, um, I think he's a huge benefit to have, and he's going to talk about, you know, speaking the language and he's going to kind of go one-on-one with elk calling and anybody that has any questions, um, you know, can sit around on the sidelines talking with Paul after his presentation and, you know, they can go over all that, um, elk calling basics to, you know, he's, he's got, he's got a lot of opinions on what elk are saying and this and that. So I think it'll be a lot of value to have, have Paul there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody Rich is also going to be there. Uh, any elk related topics he's going to, he's going to cover. Um, so yeah, and I think he's the moderator, right? Yep. He's going to host it. So, um, and you're going to talk, I'm going to try to stay in a corner somewhere if I can, oh, but no, I'm going to, I'm going to talk deal, about, babe. I'm going to hide in the talk, corner. No, I'm talking about gear. I'm going to go into detail on gear. We're going to talk about food. Got a lot of food mm-hmm. ideas that I want to, um, air out there for people to try and, um, go over the whole dehydration thing, go over meals, a lot of the new meals that I've created, um, a lot of the new snacks that we're using. And uh, I think, you know, that's one of the most important pieces is staying strong on the mountain. So I'm going to cover all that. But, and um, don't forget Dan. A Dan State, and he's coming in for the Sunday at the end. And uh, Dan is going to put on a presentation to kind of talk about his entire um, mindset and how he relates, you know, elk hunting to life in general. Um, Dan is like, he's one of the funnest guys to be around. He's just full of information. Mm -hmm. He's, uh, I mean, he's just a ball of energy. He's tough as nails. His philosophy is great. He relates, like I said, he relates elk hunting to, um, you know, lifestyle and and living and it's just great. So he's going to come in and, and, and talk to everybody and, be a big motivating factor Mm -hmm. in the whole presentation so yeah so the deal is let me just clarify it's four days if you want to be an adventure vip i mean you get all four days you get to come in you get to Mm -hmm. do the hike you get to do all that plus education Mm -hmm. and then there's also the package where you just come in for we call it the weekend warrior the weekend warrior that's just the saturday and the sunday so so there's two options there two options and we're going to provide Food on Saturday and Sunday and healthy drinks and snacks. Um, And, I mean, it's for men. It's for women. It's for anybody who's interested in this lifestyle. And I feel like it's going to be a great way for people to just connect and network and mentor. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? Where your goal lately has become really to do more mentoring and Well, yeah, it it all kind of goes back to how do we get guys into success quicker? And, you know, a lot of us had great mentors. A lot of people don't. And um, for those that don't, 
maybe they're struggling out there. Maybe they've gone a few years without any success. Maybe they've gone more. You know, a lot of a lot of the average out there for elk hunting is about one in ten years um, when you look wow. at the entire average. So it's, you know, there's there's people that maybe could benefit. They're going to learn some things, and and they will if they come to this. And um, yeah, cutting the curve by a couple of years and a couple of days is going to save you a lot. It's going to save you a lot of money. It's going to save you a lot of time, a lot of frustration, mm-hmm. and hopefully keep you into the game and not, you know, not going and taking up golf or something crazy like that. Staying on, <laughs> staying on the, uh, staying on with the hunting. And, and I think there's a lot of things that, um, if people knew how to do it a little better or they were motivated or inspired or inspired a little bit that they might uh, stick with it and find more mm-hmm. success. So definitely a lot of that. Yeah. All right. So tell people where to find it so they can go sign up. Western hunting summit. Dot com. Dot com. Cool. That's it. This is a big project, y'all. Ryan's been working on a long time. So we hope that uh, you come. It'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be great. All and right. It's, and the setting is here in Bozeman, yeah, Montana. In, in June, July. I mean, it's like the perfect time. Uh, yeah. It's going to be super fun. And I'm excited for that hike, quite honestly. I want to see what kind of studs come out and, and uh, push it. And if you're not a, a stud, you can still come. Yes, All right. anybody like, can come. We're not going to blow the doors off anybody. We just, we're just going to do a long, it's going to be a long day, put it that way. But a fun day. Sometimes yeah. if it's slower, we can we can talk more and instead of just grinding and sweating the whole way up the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, go to westernhuntingsummit.com, get information. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be talking about it a bunch more. And we also have an Instagram page for Western Hunting Summit. And you can learn about the speakers and the venue and what we're doing on there. So, yep. Yep. All right. So, we're we going to answer some questions. Yes. We have a slew so of many questions, questions from the last few months. Let There's me... no way we're going to get through all these questions. Not even no. close. We'll do. So, maybe we're going to answer a, a bunch. Them. And this is probably going to be a multi- multiple part podcast. Yes. Because otherwise, we. It'll just be way too long. Um, and some it, of these questions, um, I should probably kind of go through them a little bit better, but some of these questions you could go, I mean, just the health questions, you could talk probably an hour on certain ones and, oh, and yeah. the hunting questions easily as well, but we'll just kind of keep it short and try to get right to the point. And I think too, what we'll do is um, answer maybe a few from email as well. We do get quite a few emails and I mean, I'll apologize right now, everybody. I don't respond to every single... Here's the thing with health topics when people write in. Traditionally, people aren't... Like today, we got a lot of generalized health questions, which is great. Because those are kind of easier to answer in a generalized way. But if you email me and you give me your entire medical history and then you want me to diagnose you and treat you over the email, I'm not going to respond. I just can't, I can't respond to that. And honestly, there's liability with me trying to do any of that over email or even DM through um, Instagram. And don't think that I don't care because I do care. And I wish that I could respond to every single person and answer all their very personal questions. But this is where finding a provider where you live, or if you can come see me here in Montana and establish care, that's really what you need to do because I just can't 
some of these questions well, look, if, if, are really detailed and if they're Doc deep. If Doc Hill was to and, uh, dive into oof. all these and lay out complete medical plans for some of the, I see some of these questions, we would never see her and <laughs> the kiddos would not have a mama anymore. Yeah. Put it that way, because some of them just require so much time. And, you know, it's in a question. It's like, your time is valuable. You can't just expect a doctor to sit down for two or three hours and, and just you know, DM or PM or whatever back to someone for. Yeah. And, and I've said it before on other podcasts, if you don't have good healthcare where you live and you're willing to spend some money on yourself and on your health and your long-term care, you know, uh, you can buy a plane ticket and you can come see me. And once you establish care, a lot of stuff can actually be done over the phone. Right. But I can't treat you and diag diagnose you over the phone or over email. I have to see you. And so, I mean, I've had patients this week. I had a, 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 a listener from Wisconsin fly in to see me and he's here for two days. I mean, you can do it and I'd love to see you. But if I don't reply to you, don't think I'm ignoring you. I'm probably reading it. And then I'm like, oh, my that, that would take me three hours to respond to. So we've got I'm just going to go from the very first question that popped up. We ask people to ask questions, and it just yeah. happened to be from Jeff Lusky. Yeah. Jeff Lusk. Um, so his question was, the best way to cut out sugar completely. All right. Um, I'll give my two cents on that. I don't think there is a way you can cut out sugar completely, quite honestly. Um, I know I talk about cutting out sugar while I'm hunting and um, trying, to, trying to remove it from as much of my diet as possible, but quite honestly, I mean, there's, there's sugar in a lot of things. And, you know, even with my meals on the mountain, I'm not a hundred percent cutting out on sugar. I've got, you know, I've got honey in there. I've got sweeteners, um, agave sometimes. And, and there's definitely going to be some sugar. So I think a hundred percent, there's not a chance that you'll ever do that. And, you know, quite honestly, I don't, I think, I think it's all in moderation. Just try to really keep the sugar, the junk sugar down to a very, very, very low minimum. But, you know, you got kids, you got life and it's, you can't just completely try to be Nazi about it and, and cut it all out and never have, you know, your kids eat a cookie or eat cake or ice cream on occasion. I think that's just, uh, that's just normal, but I, I'd say keeping it at a minimum, um, and you know, a minimum that's, who knows where that is, but, uh, I just think trying to avoid it as much as possible, but on occasion, you know, treat it as a cheap meal and, um, there's always going to be a little bit of sugar. Now there's also, there's good sugars and there's bad sugars. Um, maybe you doc can go into what's, what's okay. And what's something that we should try to cut out more. Yeah. I would call it the hierarchy of sugars. I mean, there's natural sugars in a lot of things, right? Vegetables, fruits, grains have natural sugars and that's why they're all considered a carbo in the carbohydrate group because carbohydrate any type of carbohydrate usually converts to glucose or you know fructose is um also goes to glucose you know but it's fruit sugar the one that i think you really want to watch for is sucrose sucrose is table sugar and um just consuming a lot of that so uh you know, having a banana, it's got quite a bit of sugar in it, but your body, body's going to possibly metabolize that differently than if you eat like a Snickers bar, right? I think it's just the right choices in that hierarchy of sugar. In our household, we eat, we eat mainly 
And maple use, syrup. Maple syrup and honey. And we use honey. The real maple syrup. Yeah, real, real maple syrup. Not like the Grandma Ida's stuff. or whatever that stuff is called. Yeah. And then um, I like stevia. And honestly, stevia has zero effect on your blood sugar. It's a plant and it, it's it's um I, I it's drop dosage. So you can you literally use a couple drops and your oatmeal will be sweet. You can use a couple drops and your tea is sweet. Yeah, I use that a lot in the backcountry. I've just got those little dry packets mm -hmm. that I add to my coffee in the morning. It's just stevia. You can get the vanilla stevia. They weigh nothing at all. And mm -hmm. it takes a very little amount to make your coffee just really, really good. Um, and that's kind of the sweetener that I've gone to. I think in the beginning, I didn't used to like stevia way back, mm -hmm. but it grew on me and now it's great. It's it does like have a little bitter taste. And I mean, now they're taking the bitter taste out of it, but it still has that taste. People are used to sucrose sweetness, which is different. It doesn't have any bitterness, whereas stevia has a little bitterness. But I think if you do it long enough, you get used to that. Yeah. I don't think it's that big a deal, but hierarchy of sugar for sure. I mean, just everything in the middle of the grocery store, just don't even go in there because there's processed sugar in it or corn syrup. Yeah. There's always like a, a clean side, which, you know, not really clean though. You can go to one yeah. end of the grocery store I mean, and it, bakery, it's like the organic section, but yeah. you find all kinds of junk in there as well. So. Oh, here's another clarification. If it says organic cane sugar, it's still cane sugar. Okay, just because it's organic and you find it at Whole Foods does not mean it does anything less to your blood sugars and inflammation. So keep that in mind. The way they market these things to you is everything, and that's how products get sold. So um, we just advise eating as little of that kind of stuff as you can, eat more natural sugars. Yeah, I think make just better choices. You know, just for myself, it's just being aware if you got a choice. Yeah. Just say no to the sugar and the other um, thing try is, to avoid it as much as possible. Let but. me just point this out is eating out. So we eat out. We're, we're not hiding like we're perfect and we never eat out. But I'll tell you what, if you're trying to avoid sugar, it's really hard to eat out because they use sugar as a, um, in a lot, they use it in sauces, they use it in gravies, they use it in, you know, in your French fries, they use it everywhere to, to, because Americans are so used to sweet, it's in your drink, it's in your alcohol drink, it's everywhere. So you'd be surprised how much sugar you're actually eating, but you don't think you ordered <clears throat> any sugar. Um, oh, I didn't order dessert. I didn't eat any sugar. And that's not necessarily true. So I think eating out is also a really big problem. If you're trying to totally avoid sugar, I would say you cannot eat out. You have to do meal prep and you have to make your own food and know what's in it. Otherwise, you're not avoiding sugar. All right. Next question is, um, Justin O'Mealy, what keeps you going? I guess I can't say sugar. What keeps you going? Like Can I just go with question. coffee? <laughs> well, I would what say keeps coffee keeps you going. Yeah. Coffee does keep me going. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. I don't really know what that means. If that's like what keeps you going in life or what that so what keeps you this going is how in I the backcountry. How do you stay motivated and keep going with the things you love to do? Well, I think that's just it. You have to have things you love to do. Um, you have to have good support around you with your family. You know what keeps you going? You got kids, you got a wife, you got, you know, passions. Mine happens to be hunting and being in the mountains. Those things, you have these loves in life, those keep you going. Mm -hmm. um, and coffee. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 
do you want to know what keeps me going? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Does anybody care? I, I think you're right. I think what keeps you going is having good relationships and people that support you and doing something that really feels purposeful. I'm all about purpose. And if I had a job where I didn't feel like I had any purpose, I would just have a really difficult time. So you spend a lot of time working usually, especially at our age. And I think having purpose is something that's really motivating and can keep you going even through the hard times. Um, and then having an outlet and a down. I'm not good at that. I've been working on that, right? Like doing things that are not related to work are not related to helping other people constantly, um, helping myself. Mm-hmm. So I think you, that that's important uh, you too. You raced up the M trail the other day without By me myself. with you. Yeah, I know with 150 other people. Yeah, M trail's <laughs> busy. Yeah, but uh, no, I'm working on that. So I would add that in there. All right. One of those rare, unique garden questions. You never get. Um, top five. This is from Corey Trick. Top five to ten things you grow in the garden and why? Oh man, there's um. Well, let's see, in top Washington, five to ten. that might be a. All right, so answer. I would have to say um, the the most important. There's so you can get down the rabbit hole and just plant crazy and go with all these new new things. Um, I think the staples that are always going to be in my garden, I'll stick with those. Um, that would be carrots because um, carrots pickle well, carrots cook up well, and the kids love them. Um, onions, I'd say those are always going to be a staple. Um, geez, breakfasts, dinners, onions go with everything. Um, garlic, greens, um, geez. I love kale. I love chard. I love um, collards, all those things. I like eating them throughout the season. They're easy to dry and process and powder to use in the off season. And they're healthy. So I'm always going to have some greens. Uh, Spinach is one. If you're in the right climate, works pretty well. But honestly, kale is super easy. Chard, collards. Peppers, tomatoes, beets, those type things, those are always going to be a staple in my garden. Um, Again, things that you just use a lot in meals. A lot of what I'm growing will be used for what I eat in the fall, so things that you can put up. Pickling is huge um, in the house, so, you know, beets are something that you can pickle up. Uh, Obviously, all the garlic, onions, and carrots as well. Those are all things that... um, um, we like to pickle and they're just good to crack a jar and, and, um, and chew on those or put them in salads or, you know, ultimately use the leftover, um, pickled juice basically for, uh, for salads, which is awesome. I would say, man, kohlrabi, just because my daughter loves kohlrabi. Kohlrabi is really good. It's good for you. Uh, peas, I could do without peas quite honestly. But the girls um, at a young age, they just like going out in the garden and something they can just chew on mm. real easily. I think peas are good for kids. Yeah, they like cracking them yeah. and just walking around and eating them. I, honestly, I could do without them now. But the kids, it's 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 kind of their thing. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else. And fresh peas are really good. It's kind of like a fresh carrot. They, yeah. They're amazing. And same with beans. You know, beans are something that I don't I'm really not a big care fan for, for beans. beans. But I love them when they're pickled and crispy and like crispy, yeah. spi- spicy pickled beans are awesome. And they're super ridiculously easy to grow. 
but if I was just eating green beans, I could, I could do without them. But once they're pickled, they're great. So, um, I don't know. There's, there's probably, you know, we could go into squash. Squash is just awesome for, for dinners, for soups. Um, mm -hmm. spaghetti squash is one of our favorites. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's where we utilize a lot of the other things, the onions and the garlic and the peppers and the tomatoes to make, you know, this, the spaghetti with the spaghetti squash. It's, it's just a good meal to have throughout the end of the summer. Um, yeah. Anything else? Uh, like yeah. Else is a staple. I would add herbs. Pick your favorite yeah, herbs and sure. grow those because those are like medicine. I mean, food's like medicine. Like garlic is like a medicine. But I love fresh rosemary. I love fresh oregano, fresh thyme, um, cilantro, parsley. Basil's my favorite if you can grow it. You got a hot enough place where slugs can get to it. We're not going to have slugs here. We're going to have deer here, not slugs. But, yeah, a lot of deer. Um, I... I think herbs are like, and you can grow them in a pot usually or grow them on your back porch, you know, but I think yeah. herbs add a lot to the food you're growing and then the food you're cooking. And I, I just love herbs. Yeah. We always grow like there's certain herbs like basil is something that you just seem to can't grow enough of. No. You, you use so much basil. Um, and if you're into making your own spices and, you know, dry herbs and stuff like that, that you can hold over through the winter. Yeah. All those herbs you can dehydrate, which is something we do. And then you just put them in a mason jar and, and hold them over. Yeah. Use them for like an Italian seasoning um, when you're cooking. And the other herbs I would, like in Washington, I had mint and I had lemon balm and we grew nettles aren't grew in our yard. So I just dehydrated all those, right? And we still have mint from our place in Washington and nettles and I still make tea out of them. And so think about too, don't just think about flavoring your food, but also think about medicinal teas or herbs that you, also pest reduction. Um, herbs are good for some pest reduction. There's lavender and lemon balm. There's some things that pests don't like. So if you plant them in your garden, they can help deter pests. But lavender is a great one. Like here, I think we'd be able to grow lavender really well because it's so warm and dry. Um, I had a really hard time in Washington in my yard with the water growing great lavender, but those kinds of things, herbs for teas and for medicine and, and for food. And I'll leave it at this. The One of the things, if you want to like preserve stuff again for holding over the onions, garlic mm -hmm. and peppers, those are things that you dehydrate and you make, you pulverize it and you put it in a jar and you have, you know, onion, mm -hmm. you know, um, onion powder and garlic powder and, and then whatever you want to use, you can make some super spicy, you know, um, we have that devil's blends with habaneros. If you grow habaneros or just, uh, even mild peppers, uh, or just like a medium pepper. Mm -hmm. And then you can make these little flakes that you can just kind of, um, use for seasoning on all your stuff. And it's something that you can hold over. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, next question. Uh, let's see. In early September in Washington is, oh, let's see here. Early September in Washington. Um, best bet to get as high up to find is, is the best bet to get as high up to find bucks. Um, not necessarily. No, I don't think so. Washington's a little unique. It doesn't have the elevation that certain states have, the Nevadas, the Colorados, even Montanas. Um, a lot of the times you'll find September bucks, some of the best, best bucks, not, not in, you know, the top, top, because uh, it's avalanche shoots. It's, it's where the green is. It's where there's, there's a food source. 
So we're a little bit different in Washington than just being on the very, very top. There's a lot of bucks in that, in those areas where the, uh, where the food is. So, you know, in those states where there's timberline um, and you're above that, yeah, getting to the top top is where you're going to see all those mature, um, you know, velvet antlered bucks. But we've seen a lot of bucks, lower country, uh, but it's about finding that food source. And sometimes avalanche shoots are kind of at the bottom end of the mountain, and that's where a lot of those bucks are. So um, Dalton Richards asks if I've reached 1130 yet. <laughs> what that means is, um, since we've been here in Bozeman, the M Trail, the one right out of town, it's just easy to get to. I've been doing that every day, trying to get my time down. So I just time it. It's only a half mile, super short, but it's, uh, I think, 900 feet of elevation gain. And so um, back when it was snow and minus temps, the times were really piss poor. And now that it's dried out, it's it's a lot easier. So now my time, my best time right now is 11.50. Um, I got 11.51 and 11.50, and I'm having a hard time beating it. A lot of times it ends up being more around 12 minutes. But um, no, I, I, uh, that's as fast as I've got. So Dalton, no, not not down to 11:30 yet but that's my goal <laughs> well you've now challenged him dalton so well he was he was uh, putting up some pretty good times which i love because that pushed me to make me want to stay ahead and um yeah i like it when people are trying to keep you pushed and motivated to go faster yeah. i did it in 22 minutes <laughs> yeah i was pretty proud of myself yeah but yeah it's cody rich i mean he's he's doing the same thing with me and um you know Willie from Pure Hunting, Willie Schmidt, he's doing the same thing. It's like we got these times, we got our personal best. Mm -hmm. And that's what um, really is the only way to do it is if you time yourself. Otherwise, you can get lackadaisical going up the hill. Whereas if you have a time to beat, you got to give it everything you have. And it's amazing when you think you've done like everything you, you've got and there's no way I could get faster next time. I don't think I'm going to be able to break the 12-minute mark. Sure enough, slowly but surely, and you don't see it, but you see it in your times. Then you, next time you knock another 10 seconds off and yeah. then another 12 seconds off. And um, no, you, you just Well, you that's just get... the whole thing behind consistency, right? Nobody becomes an expert the first time they do something. You, you work, you train, you learn, you do it again, you do it again, you do it again. The next thing you know, it becomes second nature and you did it 15 minutes before and now you're at 10 minutes well yeah we're all shaving times it. i mean cody he's he's gosh he's crushing it now he's shaved a ton of time off willie uh lee um harrison from seek outside he lives in town now he's been doing it and shaving time off as well it's kind of a fun little thing to do just as much as he can so that's what that question's all about. Nope. Okay. i've not got to 11:30 yet all right so here's a question from ben um I think Ben is wild at heart uh, on his Insta. So sugar versus sweetener in oatmeal or other foods, which one is better for your body? Uh, sugar is sweetener. So I don't know. It's not a very clear question. Sugar versus sweetener in oatmeal. So I've always gone to, um, I think Ben was one of the guys uh, at Elk Shape Camp and we talked about food and um, some of the things that I've used with like my mountain mush and the oatmeals. Um, I like for my sweetener, I like agave. I like honey sometimes. 
and then like real maple syrup i'll add that stuff to oatmeal um you know mixed with a ton of other things um in that mountain mush recipe but i've never i never used just straight sugar i think i think the honey agave or maple syrup is a lot better um also using some dates in there uh, some dried fruit some berries things that sweeten it up naturally and you don't have to add so much of the other kind of sweetener and, and sugar especially i don't ever just add sugar but if you notice like a lot of the instant oatmeal package that man we used to use all the time for breakfast look at that cluster in there when you rip open one of those bags how much sugar like straight sugar is is loaded up into those things there's just a ton of it but um yeah i, I don't know i mean my opinion is i like i like the real stuff i like the honey i like the yeah. maple syrup i don't know i guess we kind of answered this question in the first one is yeah. the first question is uh yeah uh i like i like the lower blood sugar ones and it let's just say too it kind of depends like i tend to be hypoglycemic so my blood sugar falls really fast so i might need a little i might do okay with a little bit more sweetener whereas ryan tends to have blood sugars go up more with too much sweetener so you know we're gonna maybe gravitate towards different things but just in general i don't know i would pick the things that are gonna whack out your blood sugar the less what you get a stevia a little bit of maple syrup maybe a little honey yeah but. okay elk hunter asks what green broadheads do you suggest for elk um i mean to each his own i'm running a 125 grain uh kudu point and that's also with a pretty heavy arrow up front um and that uh, black eagle focus um insert outsert system they've got so i'm running that i think my arrow is at about 511 grains and um and that's a pretty high FOC up front. So for myself, I like that 125 more for the cutting diameter versus the weight. I can always add weight up there with an insert, but um, that that system has worked really well for me. So uh, let's see here. <laughs> okay, thoughts on sugar, how to regulate or gauge consumption. <laughs> Boy. There's a lot of sugar questions here. Have you been talking about sugar a lot lately or something? Because... Yeah, this is from Sawyer Soybean. Um, Probably with group. We've talked about sugar, but how do you regulate or gauge consumption of sugar? I mean, I guess there is really no way to gauge it, but know that you're not putting it into your body, right? Okay, so again, we have to go back to the hierarchy and what sugar is. So in the morning, if you're eating baked goods or even oatmeal or any type of grain, you're having some sugar. If at lunch you're having a sandwich with bread and like a mayo or something, you're having some sugar. And if at dinner you're having pasta with a tomato sauce, blah, 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 you're having some sugar. So the question is regulating the type of carbohydrates that you're choosing. And, and then that would tell you probably how much sugar you're eating. Um, maybe you could just go over like some of the, of the clean carbs versus yeah. junk carbs. That'd be a little easier because we're all eating carbs and let's, yeah. carbs are sugar, but I think there's good ones and there's bad ones. Um, I think that you want to choose, we, we kind of always have this in the nutrition world is like you want to pick the less white, white that you can. Now, granted, I mean, 
we eat white rice once in a time. We eat white bread, but like, let's take white bread, for example. Like we like sourdough and recently we've been making our own sourdough, right? It's fermented. It breaks it down. It's not using yeast and it, 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 the bacteria in the bread actually makes the grain more digestible, right? That's a bread. I would probably tell people not to eat that all the time, but it's the type of bread. I would suggest people do that and make their own sourdough starter. Um, It is another mouth to feed every day, but it is kind of fun. Ryan uh, loves it. It's like his little experiment. He feeds that thing and it's like, and it stinks. I'm like, whoa, but it's got the bacteria and it's doing, yeah, it's doing that job. So I guess it's the type of grain, but clean grains would be more whole in nature. So if you were going to, you know, eat a, a brown rice has a kernel around it still. That's why it's brown. It's not white rice. It hasn't ever, the nutrients haven't been stripped. So let's say that. Um, vegetables, you know, those are a more clean carbohydrate. Um, you're still going to get some sugars, but it's very little depending. A carrot's going to have a lot more sugar than like a piece of kale is, right? Again, those are clean carbohydrates. Um, anything that's really heavily processed and has the whole grain um, broken down. Those are things you want to stay away from because those are basically like eating straight sugar. They turn into glucose, they go straight into your bloodstream. When you have a whole food, like a a whole grain, or you have a, a vegetable, you have all the other nutrients within the plant and you get a more stabilized blood sugar. Um, but again, this comes back to the thing is that you think you're not eating any sugar, but you might actually be eating a lot of sugar because you're choosing carbs that aren't, that are, that are higher in that glucose. Um, so that, that just comes down to probably getting more lean protein, increasing your fat in your diet and decreasing simple carbohydrates. So number one, if you're going to eat green, make sure it's a whole green. Don't be eating a ton of pasta. Some people like it's the gluten. They can't do the gluten protein. So, you know, cut those things out. Um, And that can be really, really hard because we're surrounded by carbohydrates. I mean, they're just like everywhere. They're comfort foods. They're social foods. Um, It makes it hard. But you have to remember that people think of sugar as white table sugar and that's it. And actually how it converts in your body, it it can become sugar. So you want to think about all those foods you're eating throughout the day that don't look like a big bowl of white sugar. They're converting into a big bowl of white sugar. More vegetables and fiber. That's really it. Most people don't eat enough fiber. Fiber is like, I, I don't know what the numbers are right now. I could look it up. The statistics of how much fiber our ancestors ate compared to us is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, our ancestors were having on average three to five bowel movements a day. Why? Because they were eating a ton of fiber. Most people today are having a bowel movement every two days, okay? That's telling us that you just don't get enough fiber in in your diet and you're eating too many simple carbs and, and sugars. And water, right? Wouldn't it be? Yeah, water for <clears throat> water sure. Water and fiber. But fiber is a huge thing. So when you think of anything, if you're seeing a stripped pasta that's white or white rice or... Those don't really have fiber in them. And, you know, an apple is a lot of fiber. And, you know, there's there's foods that have fiber. So think about that, getting more fiber in your diet and more roughage and more veggies with antioxidants and stuff. That's where I would go. But um, Okay. Sugar is everywhere. Next question. Scotch or bourbon? Hill. <laughs> Scotch or bourbon? Um, 
If I had my choice, I would do scotch. Okay. I've never probably had either one, so I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I'm not a drinker. So yeah. Um, here's a good one. What do you do with your trash on backcountry hunts? That's real easy. You just pack it out, man. Um, unless you can burn it if it's burnable stuff, but uh, it gets it gets frustrating when you see piles and you know it was from somebody up there hunting or whatever. They just leave like the tin foil. They leave mm-hmm. their jet boil canister. They leave that kind of stuff like cans or whatever. Um, I hate seeing that stuff. Just pack it out. I mean, once the food is out of it, it weighs nothing. And my opinion is you're, you are a big old freaking sissy if you can't pack out what maybe 10 extra ounces well you packed it in and it's way less now packing it out yeah i mean i use the little side pocket on my exo and i put the garbage in there and that just ends up coming out it's real easy um but yeah pack it out don't bury it your ammunition up up. (laughs) (laughs) we went shooting the other day it's like what is with people shooting they don't pick up their garbage this is like broken stuff and ammunition and garbage everywhere it sucks because that's what people think oh you know these people that go out hiking and they see all the shooting stuff they think that's how shooting people are and you know come on i've always had a real issue and it it's like our own people right but you just want to like wring their neck sometimes because i'll go up i used to do it in washington as well you go shoot and then you go to these places where you can shoot there's like little tiny areas left to the public to go shoot and uh and people just halt they feel like i almost feel like they're making a dump run up there with yeah. like bottles and drop plastics. all their garbage and then shoot it all and up. then they shoot it up and they leave it there gosh dang man that just irritates people me people are to disrespectful no but um, can be yeah as far as don't be uh, disrespectful as far as trash on backcountry hunts real easy just pack it out yeah find a spot in your in your pack that you can once it's used toss it in it weighs nothing so I think that's the easiest way. And and a lot of that stuff, you know, even if people were trying to burn it, which is probably not the best thing, it doesn't all burn up. It gets scattered all over the place. But Yeah, when we hike and stuff, I like if we have a plastic bag that we put brought stuff in or even the Mylar bags with our food that we ate out of it or something, I just stuff everything in there as much as I can, you know, it's like make it compact, put it in one place. Yeah. Um, But. All right. So here's one for you, Bob. It's. uh, Yeah. Untamed Seeker asking, are collagen peptides good for you and are they beneficial? Because you're seeing a lot of yeah. collagen peptides out there. You're seeing it in protein powders. You're yeah. seeing a lot of it. Um, yeah. Basically, collagen is the is the, is the the um, number one protein in your body and it rebuilds and regenerates all the tissues. You it's know? good for your skin, good your for your joints, soft tissue. Your joints. soft tissue, your skin, your hair, your brain. Which is your why brain, we, your we are so enamored abdominal. with bone broth and stuff like that, right? For our soft tissue. Well, and if you collagen. want like straight, easy, cheap collagen peptides, make bone broth or just eat bone broth out of the bones. You can do that. You know, you can cook bones and just eat the jelly bone broth out of the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just buy gelatin that's cheap on those little gelatin packets and you can put them in your smoothie every morning um but i think for companies that are putting it out there i mean is it a bad thing that they're putting it out i mean mm -hmm. if it's getting people to 
be more aware of it, maybe get I more think collagen. the biggest thing that it helps because the important thing about bone marrow, bones, and organ meats is they're really high in the amino acids, proline, glycine, and glutamine, which you can't get that much, if at all, from muscle meat. Um, and this is why our ancestors used to eat a lot of organ meats and they used to eat the bone marrow, you know, uh, they didn't just throw all that stuff away like we do now. We don't eat the organ meats. We don't eat the bone marrow. And they were eating that because they knew that they felt better likely and that they had better regeneration, less inflammation, that kind of stuff. So the collagen peptides, you're going to find those and you're, you're going to find those amino acids in that, which you're not going to get as much from eating a muscle meat. Um, and I think that it's that balance of you, you need all the amino acids, right? Essential and well, you definitely need essential ones. And then the non-essential ones, like the ones I stated, they're still really important for healing and inflammation, decreasing inflammation and stuff. And I think the most important thing about it is all those amino acids feed your gut, especially glutamine. Glutamine is the number one um, amino acid used by the enterocytes of the gut as well as by the muscles. And if you don't have enough glutamine, you, you are going to have more problems with healing and regeneration and gut issues and stuff like that. So we use glutamine all the time for muscle recovery. We use it for gut health and uh, gut inflammation. Uh, and so I think that, yeah, I guess the collagen peptides as well as their as long as they're processed well and they come from clean sources, um, they can be great. Great. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, how to balance family and hunting. <laughs> oh, geez. How long we got here? Um, how to balance family and hunting. No. Uh, there's no easy answer to that, in my opinion. Um, always what? working on it. Easy answer? <laughs> no, always, always working on it. I think everybody struggles with it. Um, obviously, a lot of us want to, you know, go hunting a lot, but um, you know, we've got family obligations, and we love being around our family as well. And it's, uh, you don't ever want to get to the point where you're loving one more, like hunting more than your family. So, obviously, trying to spend as much time with the family as possible. Um, you know, some of the things maybe that have worked for me, I've cut some things out of my hunting even though i've still added quite a bit of hunts <laughs> but i've uh, okay okay let me explain <laughs> i don't turkey hunt i don't I mean to hunted. laugh at you but i I'm haven't just... i haven't turkey hunted in i don't even know how many years shed hunting i haven't shed hunted i just cut a few things out so that i'm not i mean i could find something to do any day and just that would put me in the mountains but there's a few things that I try to cut out. Fishing is one of them. I used to fish mm -hmm. way more than I hunted. Um, I don't fish much anymore, so I've kind of cut that out, and I get to spend more time with my girls. So I think uh, everybody's different. Obviously, every family dynamic is different, but um, the balance, if there's, a, if there's a, you know, some magic to that, I don't know what it is. It's just uh, doing everything you can to keep the family happy and, and try to, um, you know, be respectful for their time and, and not be extremely selfish. And, uh, I think all my selfish ways were just aired on a Randy Newberg podcast with my <laughs> wife. So, um, I'm well, not the best to talk, but I have grown from when I you, yeah. was, um, come on give me some credit on the Newberg podcast. Give me some credit because 
the aired out was something that happened 22 years ago. Yeah, I was pretty and young. And as the podcast progresses i turn you into some sort of greek god okay and that's just because like uh, times change and people mature and they grow yeah. up and they get the goal is that you're getting less selfish while you're still getting your needs met because i think when we're young we think we have to have our needs met and we're totally self like absorbed and that can even be when you're married you know especially when you don't have kids and i'm as guilty of it as anybody i mean i have my own story about all the trauma i put us through before children doing what i needed to do so i think that hopefully you're maturing and you're growing and you can see that i mean this is where i i feel like people sometimes think this is like over you try to overcomplicate this just hopefully you love your kids and your wife more than hunting Meaning that if something were to come up or your wife was to, you're, you're going to choose your family always over hunting, but that you should never be given the ultimatum that you could never hunt or you won't have your family, which I've had women do and communicate to me about that they're giving these ultimatums to their partner. That's not going to work, right? But mm. the goal is, is that you want to be around your family and you also want to do the things that you love to do. And you, you just have to find balance in that. And you have to f have a good relationship. You know, I guess I'm at an age and a place now where I'm happier seeing you happy. Uh, when I was younger, I was more concerned about what I wasn't getting out of it. And now I'm, I'm happier with you being happy doing what you love. But I also want you to be around and to be a participant in our life. And fortunately for me, you want to do that. So, you know, but a lot of women don't feel like they have that. They feel like they're, and, and I work too. So you have a lot more responsibility with the kids than maybe another guy does who his wife doesn't work and he works full time all the time. And then he leaves for the weekends to go hunting. That wife is going to be a whole lot different than me. And she's going to have a whole lot more problems than I am probably with it. But, um, I, I think it's, I mean... Again, it's like taking your garbage out of the backcountry. Just like have some respect for yourself and for your family first and and your wife. And then, you know, work on it. That's kind of where I stand on it. Okay. Is that good? That's fine. Did I air out any of your dirty laundry there? No, you okay. did plenty of that on the Randy podcast. Oh my gosh, you're so okay. sensitive. Here's a, uh, here's a good one. I've been diagnosed with MS. Mm. Um, we'll try to keep this not really no, long, but, um, what food should I be eating and what should I avoid vitamins, foods, etc. Mm. Yeah. This is one of those, uh, big questions that I get in emails, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so there, the research has always shown that most people that are affected by MS, obviously women more than men, people that live in Northern latitudes, like where we live here. Uh, cold climates, that kind of stuff. There tends to be more diagnosis of MS. And it's a demyelination of the nerves, um, which decreases, you know, basically the ability for you to, like, pick up that glass to take a drink really quickly or to have that thought really quickly. MS decreases that. Um, interestingly enough, the research has shown that low-fat diets are better for people with MS. Um, I would also say low-protein diets, not too much animal protein, um, a lot of good complex carbohydrates. I, I would say any diet, 
you have to cut out the sugars. <laughs> sugar seems to be our topic this time, but um, sugar is an immune suppressant. And that might even be like maple syrup and, you know, agave, all those things. Is, is You want as little of that immunosuppressive thing because MS is actually an autoimmune disease. Um, and, um, you know, there's lots of stories out there about people healing their MS with uh, uh, going vegetarian. Um, I think that this is a very personal question because everybody's very different. But I would say if your doctor is not giving you good advice and you're not feeling like you're really getting any instruction in that, seek out a um, either a naturopath or even a nutritionist who can help you figure out what you should or shouldn't be eating. And anybody with an, any kind of autoimmune disease, I mean, MS is kind of on the more severe end of, of autoimmune, but a lot of people with MS can re live a really long time with very little symptoms if you take care of yourself. Um, and any type of autoimmune disease, you want to get, you want to get help. You want to get help with eating and you, you probably need to have a good full workup done. You may need to have your hormone levels checked. Um, you look at your, your lifestyle, your stress level, your inflammatory patterns, possibly even genetics and work with that. Uh, that's a tricky one. <laughs> this is personalized medicine. What works for one person doesn't seem to work for the next. So I would recommend getting a, a nutritional help or something like that for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. So from uh, from Montana Elk, he uh, or he, yeah, he asked um, for off season prep. What gets put on the back burner for more family time? Shooting, scouting, fitness, etc. Okay. Um, gosh, if I had to say. Uh, in the off season prep, I think, I think every day, I mean, I'm finding time now I can go get my hike in every day. So yeah, it's not, it's not covering 10 miles, but I think, um, short workouts, you know, in my gym, in the basement at the house and a little hike every day that doesn't take up too much of my time. I can do that around the kids in school. Um, and whatnot so or just get up earlier or stay up later uh, for the workout at home uh, I think there's it's always going to be important to keep that fitness level up shooting um, man you can just put a few arrows in even if you're shooting indoors uh, I think that that needs to stay pretty vigilant scouting yeah I'd probably say scouting is one of those things that gets put on the back burner um, and uh but it ramps up significantly in the summer months going into a fall season. You know, this year I've got some big trips planned and places not not too far of a travel to get to. So that's uh, definitely going to be some scouting involved. Wyoming's pretty dang close now, so I actually get to scout out my out-of-state Wyoming hunt, um, which is going to be fun. And I've got some hunts here in Montana I'm going to do, do a lot of scouting in. Um, but any actual off season yeah i'd say scouting gets put on the back burner i just don't think it's uh, always that necessary um except maybe for you know the two months prior to going into actual fall season and those scouting trips i mean shoot you can definitely involve your family in on those i know um if you've got a wife or kids that love getting outside um i think that's a great time to spend more family time with them on the scouting trips uh i think uh 
I think kids are pretty dang tough and they love getting out. They see stuff that we don't see and it's just a fun time all around. You never really regret taking your kids out and obviously you're not going to be putting 12, 15 miles on and getting into some places you might want to go, but it's important and you still may get something out of your scouting trip as far as the layout of, uh, of the land, figuring out where the roads are, trailheads, that kind of thing. So uh, I think trying to involve them as much as possible and hopefully um, hopefully this year I can involve my family in some of the trips now that we're nice and close. we got mountains all around us mm-hmm. and um, you don't have to travel very far to get some good summer camps and um, slash scouting trips in. So. And maybe this summer we'll even get a fish because we live like five yeah. minutes from the headwaters. <laughs> oh, we got such good fish in here, so I'll get to actually get back into it. Um, and um, looking forward to that. So, yeah, and our kids are at an age now where it's that's what they want to do. So, yeah, lots of fishing and hiking and camping. But uh, yeah, I would say you don't elk, you don't shed hunt. I don't. I can't remember the last time you shed hunted. It's I mean, you've been, been used to go over with Joey and you guys. We've gone a couple times over there mm-hmm. um, in eastern Washington. But um, quite honestly, I, I don't know. I we have so many sheds in our garage already. Are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, inevitably, <laughs> if you spend time in the mountains, you find sheds. Um, yeah. And I have nothing against shed ending. I just, I just don't um, put it as a priority like I put my fall is a priority for taking time off and being away from the family. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. But, okay. Uh, next question. Let's see. Oh gosh. I don't know. Tactics for hunting sagebrush brush elk in late season in Montana from, uh, Ashton tactics for late season sagebrush elk. He must've saw that photo from, last season sagebrush um gosh as far as tactics go um depending on the topography you're in or the location of the country you're you're in um it's all going to depend on on that my tactic um and some of the brush the sagebrush i was hunting this past season um which i've done the last two seasons actually over here in october um basically it was trying to locate early mornings late evenings um, trying to put them to bed, I guess, uh, and get back on them that next morning. And basically it's a game of cat and mouse. I mean, you're, you're doing a whole crud ton of glassing. Uh, a lot of those, what I found, at least over here, in my experience was a lot of those bigger bulls have a crud ton of cows. I mean, 30 to 50 piles of cows. And so I was dealing with a lot of eyeballs. So basically the whole name of the game for um for that type of country where it's pretty open and there's a lot of animals that you're trying to get in on and get into bow range um obviously if you can get a bull to come away from that group of cows with some calling great but it uh, that has not been very effective Uh, for myself i think getting in tight playing the slow game trying to get in front of the group um finding cover just little variances in this in the sagebrush i last year i found where most of the sagebrush was short you know it's like it's like a foot tall foot and a half tall sagebrush almost looks like an impossible game to try to get in on a group of elk and actually get an arrow in the in the mature bull but those elk move around a lot and sometimes they'll just pick up and they'll move and 
you can kind of get a direction, try to get in front of them. Um, sometimes they'll bed down on these ridges where there's something broken up about that ridge or some brush. There's maybe some little taller sagebrush. You'll hit clusters where uh, the sagebrush is really tall. You know, it's like three, four, five, six feet tall sagebrush in places. And um, using that to your advantage, getting in tight. And a lot of times it's it's a game of luck. You know, you get in as tight as you can um, and then you wait it out and hope the group comes past you. And it works um, sometimes. It's not going to work every time. It's just one of the tactics that you can kind of um, utilize and, and hope for the best. But last year, uh, that bull, you know, I got in as tight as I possibly could and found just fortunate to find some taller sagebrush, got in there, and uh, and I could sneak in pretty dang close. And that bull ended up surrounding, just kind of going back and forth, um, trying to keep those cows tight. And he came within 15 yards of me and I was ducked down into some tall sagebrush and it worked out perfectly. And he was screaming and rutting as, as hard as he could rut and it worked out. But, um, that's probably going to be another tactic I use this year is try to locate those mature bulls with the large group of cows and try to put myself in front of them or, you know, at least try to get in tight enough to where they make a mistake and they're, they're getting to where, um, you know, they come in and allow allow me to get a shot in them so that's been my strategy it's worked uh i don't know there's there's probably other places that um you know calling might work a little bit better but hasn't worked out so much for me in the late season okay anything else what are the questions we got here uh i think i had one um do you do you do food prep at the beginning of the week or do you cook day by day um, you want to tackle that one? Yeah, we, we don't do? do food prep right now. Yeah, not right now. It's, it's, I wish, I wish we did sometimes. It'd be easier with the kids, but we do it when we can, but it's not consistent right now. Not this time of year, not where we're at in life. So, But should you, well, if you want to be more consistent and avoid sugar and not eat out, yeah, you should. And you should plan meals more and. You know, we um we always eat breakfast usually at home. Ryan cooks breakfast in the morning. And then, you know, obviously we make the girls lunch. And then I may or may not eat during the day. I might bring something, a leftover, bring something from the house. Um, sometimes my daughter's got dance a couple nights a week. We'll go out to eat, you know, somewhere and get some food for, for those nights. Or we'll cook dinner at night at home. I think people think we're obsessed about food. We're really not. Well, we, I am because I, I do make like <sighs> snacks. I make. Like, I don't got mean a whole obsessed of, in a bad way. I mean, we're just not. I've got a whole tub of like peanut butter balls right now. That yeah. I always have those at the ready. They're just yeah. like a clean carb, clean fat, good thing you can yeah. eat. Kind of tides you over. And I can't tell you how many people have reached out and said they started making those oh, protein yeah. bars or the people peanut butter balls. People were posting all over the place and about it's the like, balls. They like it because they're hard to beat, man. They're so good. And you can yeah. jack them up with protein if you want more protein or you can leave it out. Whatever you want, but it's so easy to make and fast and cheap. Yeah, That's something that I always have a tub just sitting in the refrigerator. They don't really have to be in there. but um, And then, you know, we've got so much pepperoni we've got so much salami that um that i've got made that 
is always at the ready. And those little things are great for snacks and something that you don't have to prep for um, when you're just fast paced yeah. on the go. Or on the weekends. I feel like the weekends is when I have time to actually do cooking. So I'll make a big Instapot. Like this weekend, uh, we had friends over and I made Mexican, right? I made homemade beans in the Instapot and then I made some homemade rice and we cooked up a bunch of meat and cut up some veggies and what we didn't eat that night at dinner we there's a bunch left and we had that that for two nights for dinner and um you know i'll make muffins or i'll make the bread or we'll make something on the weekends when we have more time i really like cooking and it's 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 enjoyable and it's soothing but you know, when I've been working a 12-hour day and I get home at night, that's not the time that I'm in it. I'm going to be cooking. So I think the weekend is when I tend to make more things and then we eat on that throughout the week. So I guess maybe that is food prep. Well, my but, favorite thing that the girls get sick of is I make stews all the time. And yeah, then I, I kind of get sick of it too. I'm, but. I'm boring. That, and that, I could eat that like every night for a week because it's so good. Like just, a, um, you know, a simple vegetable um, sometimes we'll do like sweet potatoes in there, but, um, like a meaty stew that's loaded with veggies and bone broth. And honestly, I could just eat it every night. Yeah. And in the weeks, winter around but... here, you can, it was so frigidly cold for months. Like a stew is great, but yeah. I just miss our garden. I can't wait to get the garden and, and get greens again. And I think that's the thing I miss the most is all the fresh food. So I'm looking forward to the summertime. Because I feel like it's just more accessible to go out and pick a salad out of the garden and eat that. You know, it's like right now we got to go to the store. We got to figure out the veggies. You got to buy salad. Like, I don't know. So maybe we don't eat as many vegetables this time of year as we do in the summertime. Not nearly. Yeah, it's no. definitely more of a seasonal. I eat a lot more meat Speaking this of time eating of your vegetables, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but I, I just don't. I feel like once you have a garden and you, you eat like that, it's almost It's really hard to buy produce at the grocery store. It's kind of like it's just like, ugh. And, and the tomatoes don't taste like anything. And so I don't know. We've talked about this before, but um, I can't wait for the summer to, to have some some veggies. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, and then I think there was another one. My phone died, so I can't look at it. But I think it was basically, where would you start in a healthy lifestyle? Like, there's lots of steps, but what would be kind of the first, maybe diving off the diving board step that you would make if you're changing your lifestyle and becoming healthier? Um, I think that's simple in that make sure you're doing something fitness-wise every day every day um, make it routine like brushing your teeth you just have to do it don't find a reason not to do something even if it's for 20 minutes and then um, go through your cupboards and kick out the junk um, read labels processed stuff that's not real food chuck it i don't care if it costs a lot of money throw it away dump it and you won't ever eat it um, you won't be like seduced into eating that garbage food so <laughs> i think if you do that and you're just hyper-focused and you've got like a reason. Um, my reason is simple. I want to stay fit. I want to be able to, um, you know, hunt until I'm old and I want to be able to pack animals out and not feel Mm -hmm. swollen and inflamed and all that kind of stuff. My number one would be quit smoking. If you smoke, that's a no brainer or you chew quit. That's going to kill you faster than anything else. 
and make you inflamed. Did you know that smokers use up their testosterone and or their estrogen two to three times faster than a regular person? So you're going to have hormonal dysfunction. You're going to have tons of inflammation, um, much less an addiction. So I would just say that's on the top. Watch your alcohol consumption. If not, decrease it a lot or get rid of it because that's also a sugar. We didn't talk about alcohol as a sugar, but that's the main way people are getting their sugar too is drinking mm-hmm. alcohol. Um, and then, yeah, move and sleep. The, yeah, the pillars, that, There man. is no like the magic pillars. pill for No, for it's motivation. It. It's, it's, it's like, it's like. No, you gotta, it's food and fitness. It's eat clean and exercise. And with those two things, you're going to. You're going to feel way, way, way better. You're going to live longer. You're going to be healthier. You're going to be able to do the things you want to do and not feel like a turd all day. So, yeah. All right. Wow, that's pretty basic. We got a lot more questions, folks, so we can answer. We'll do maybe another podcast where we do this. But, um, all right. So, we do have, and we'll make it, I'll make a little plug. Don't forget, we do have our Bent Herbalist CBD product. Um, at benherbalisthemp.com. Also, if it's easier for you to remember, hempforhunters.com. Um, we've we've been doing good at that. I'm excited to see our community. Re- it's one more piece that um, I've thrown into the mix, take it every day now, because um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to combat inflammation. Yeah. Um, so all the stuff I'm doing now with the hills and the running and all that stuff, it's like I want to make sure everything I do – food wise and as much as I can do is uh, keeping the inflammation down. So I don't, I don't get old and I don't get creaky and I don't like have swollen joints and all that. So that's yeah, why I'm doing it. I love, I love the stuff and, uh, you know, we've had a few hiccups with it. You can read it's more of the payment issues, but we're working on that so we can get it out to more of you, but please go check it out and read about it and learn about it. Um, and then lastly, we got a bunch of new swag in. It's been two years, but we got new men's t-shirts in. We got three different styles. Uh, we got uh, our old camo Stealthy Hunter caps, which were super popular and sold out really fast. We have two different versions of those now. One's a trucker hat and one's a, what is it called? It's like unstructured. Unstructured. So different head That's shapes. That's for guys like my cousin, Joey Pyburn, <laughs> can actually put it on his tiny little head. It's yeah. unstructured and it fits. Yeah. And then um, we also got these cool stainless steel tumblers of Hunt Harvest Health. Those are fun. We've been drinking out of those. Um, and I think that's it. So go check that out at our huntharvesthealth.com under shop and Stealthy Hunter swag. Uh, you can get those things. And then lastly, don't forget westernhuntingsummit.com. It's going to sell out, folks. So don't feel like you're left out. Go get your tickets. Anyways, okay, babe, good job. Until next time. Should we say like, stay healthy, get stealthy, like Gritty does? (laughs) No. Come on, get stealthy, babe. (laughs) Later. The Stealthy Hunter website and the Hunt Harvest Health podcast is for general health information only. This podcast is not to be used as substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any health condition or problem. Any questions regarding your own health should be addressed to your own primary care physician or other health care provider.